expressed on this podcast, along with all episodes of the Grateful Thread podcast, are solely host opinions. Our content should not be taken as indisputable and is for entertainment purposes only. This episode is brought to you by Aurafil. February 24th, 2024, Susie Williams, founder of Susie Quilts, will launch her debut collection, Evolve, featuring Aurafil's brand new 100% cotton eight-weight thread, her go-to for hand quilting. Wound on an elegant white wooden spool, Aurafil eight-weight will be available in Susie's introductory palette of 20 captivating colors, spanning from the ever-popular muted neutrals to an array of inviting warm and cool hues. It's ideal for hand quilting, embroidery, and cross-stitch, or anytime something a little heavier than 12-weight is desired. This collection marks the first new weight introduction for Aurafil in six years. It's truly a must-have and is sure to be one of the most coveted sets of 2024. For more information and to pre-order today, head to shopaurafil.com. Hey Threadheads, welcome to the Grateful Thread Podcast, where we're creating a community for cool quilting newbies and experienced quilters to unite. Pull up a seat because you can always sit with us. We're your hosts. I'm Lacey of Messy Quilts, and I'm on my fourth cup of copy. Copy. <laughs> copy. <laughs> I think you need a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Ashlyn of Urban Dwell Studio, and by the time this airs, I'm hopefully a new knitter. I know. Another You're hobby. You're really going to do the I'm knitting thing. I'm off to start a new hobby. You're really doing the knitting thing. I'm really thing. doing it. I you said it a things. couple times over the last week. I'm like, I don't know if she's going to bought this. this stuff and I got the, I got the things for Christmas and it's happening. Okay. Well, then come show me on Christmas. Okay. Because I tried once and I couldn't do it. Okay. Knitting it is. Um, we have a new review for you. Um, I'm going to let you read who it's from. <laughs> Silly Berto. Donna. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> so I, she just found our podcast. I just found your podcast and I don't want to catch up, but I have. I just listened to your last two, uh, quote con with Amanda, love her, and entering into quilt shows. I can't stop laughing because I'm the luckiest quilter ever. Don't tell anyone from quilt con. My first quilt con was in Phoenix and I was blown away, then inspired to enter a quilt. Mind you, in hindsight, I realized I've broken every rule out there my full frontal pick included my backyard grass <laughs> and my hubby's hairy shins and sketchers <laughs> i'm serious <laughs> just ask i'll send a picture <laughs> additionally i have never shown a table runner at my local quilt guild i'm a chicken but i submitted it and it was juried in okay i was such a chicken that i said exhibition only please but i was still happy to see my quilt hanging in atlanta ever since seeing what everyone used as submissions after the fact i've been inverting people's eyes in utter embarrassment i will not get that lucky again for sure your show has helped me prep for this year where i'm ready to be at quilt con rejects club and for sure will be no grass or limbs but you were both awesome thank you for what you do one i hope you got into quilt con this year two please don't send us a full frontal pic we're good of your quote backyard grass and, and husband's hairy shins. Shins. we're good it. just kidding i'd love to see your quilt yeah please send it to our dms we would love to see it not the frontal pic yeah <laughs> of your quilt <laughs> is fine it's guys okay. for the record we will accept quilt front pictures 
That's all. <laughs> thank you for that review. And thank you for sharing that story with us. That's pretty incredible. You got into QuiltCon. Yep. Good job. We love listening or hearing these and just love seeing what you guys are up to on Instagram too. Mm-hmm. Other ways you can connect with us, Instagram lives, tagging us on the Grateful Thread podcast in our stories. Yep. Come find us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Come say hey. All right, so for today's episode, we're excited to host and introduce you to our next podcast guest. We hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we did. Our next guest is a modern quilter, an author three times over, a fellow podcast host, and fellow art gallery fabric socialite, your friendly New Yorker, and the loveliest mama to be. Friends, please welcome Wendy Chow, the weekend quilter. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes. So refreshing to have a guest with like a full microphone setup. It's oh, really? lovely. Our guests are, or our listeners are just in for a treat. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. It, it looks really professional, but really it's not. It's just things from Amazon. <laughs> so we make it up as we go, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Surprisingly, to get like a microphone kit and everything going that looks really professional is really cheap on Amazon. And <laughs> Yes. Like I think this is we your got, sign. Start a podcast. Yeah, yeah. We can confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could do karaoke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it doubles. Yeah. You want to start this off? Uh, yeah. Wendy, will you start us off with telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your personal life, anything you're comfortable with? Yeah. Um, so uh, you could probably hear in my voice. I'm actually originally from um, Perth, Australia. It's on the West Coast. Um, and yeah, so I design and write um, quilt patterns uh, to inspire a new generation of quilters and to continue to uh, pass on that creative legacy on. Um, and then I co-host a podcast called Quilt Buzz. Um, we've been doing it for nearly four years. So coming up March will be four years, which is kind of crazy to believe um so there's that and then I'm an author of three books like you guys mentioned earlier before so yeah that's basically me exciting (laughs) and then can you tell us how you got started in quilting when when did that begin yeah so I started quilting back in 2015 so that um started in our parents dining room actually so we don't really come from a line of quilters like um but yeah no my sister she um she started quilting and I saw that whole process unfold and just touching all the different fabrics and just looking at people's um reactions when they do receive a final product that my sister made kind of really sparked that curiosity so um so I used the basics from high school home economics class um and then taught myself how to quilt And then I guess like my skills kind of developed over time as I started connecting with people on Instagram, joining quarter longs. I found joining quarter longs at the beginning and especially like, you know, there's so many free ones out there, which are awesome. It was really good for me because you get to try out different techniques and different shortcuts. And that's, yeah, where where those skills really built. Cool. Um, How would you describe your overall quilting style and design? Um, So my overall like, quilting style, design style, I guess, is um, to my, when you look at my designs or you're scrolling through my Instagram account, um, my designs like, you know, feature bold and unique, unique color combinations and geometric shapes. And I gather a lot of inspiration from like architecture, interior design and nature. 
And I continue to kind of seek inspiration also from traditional quilt blocks as well. Um, and I like to give it that modern sort of twist to it and making it a bit more approachable and just a bit more modern, if that makes sense. Um, but however, you know, over the last year or so, I found that, you know, my design style has changed a little bit. Um, so I would like, and it, it's changed a little bit because of like my design, my design and like quilting skill sets have changed and shifted a little as well. So I've been working more on foundation paper piecing projects, which you probably have noticed. <laughs> um, and that allows me to sort of explore unique um, designs and unusual shapes as well um, that, you know, that are harder to replicate, if that makes sense. Um, but it also provides sort of like a unique perspective to consumers um, to access and enjoy. So for example, um, one of my more recent sort of projects that I released was the baby milestone flag thing. Um, so there are like a set of 12 triangular flags and then one for each month um, for the first year to, you know, really just mark those milestones as, you know, a little one grows. They're so cute they too. Like I <laughs> love watching them unfold on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so talking with you in Florida, which we got to go there together yeah, and explore so our gallery, <laughs> yeah. I learned that you're quite the little degree collector. <laughs> what did you study and how, if at all, do you apply those skills to your current business? All right. So I, for my undergrad, I did politi political science and international relations and journalism. <laughs> It's a mouthful. Um, so, and then I did my master's in marketing after that. Um, but yeah, no, so I would say the political science degree was just like, does not do anything to be quite frank. Like it does not apply. And then now that like I've moved to the US, it just like does not even make sense at all because a lot of that was all like, you know, to do with like the Australian government, <laughs> if that makes sense. Or like, you know, like Australian history and stuff. So it, it just didn't really make sense. Um, I would say like the podcast and, you know, researching for episodes, um, reaching out to interviewees is probably the closest that I'd ever get to using my journalism degree. However, like most of the time, like the people are willing to speak with us. Whereas if I was actually working in the field, it could be it would be a lot more difficult and sometimes can be confronting depending on what you're really reporting on. Um, and then with the marketing degree that I have, like having had the opportunity to work in a marketing research and consulting agency prior to the weekend filter, um, it's allowed me to better understand like consumers and, you know, pivot and change and kind of like just see what works better and whether it you know, from a product perspective or pricing, promotion, placement standpoint, the four P's of marketing. <laughs> As most people totally know that yeah. are listening. Marketing 101. Um, so yeah, it just gives me that. But with that being said as well, like, you know, things in the marketing space is always changing. And like, for example, whatever I learned about social media, like when I was doing my marketing degree, it's changed so much and it's changing every day. And I'm sure like, you know, many of our listeners and you guys as business owners do experience that as well. So it's important to continuously keep up to date with the trends and what's going on um, by just reading up on what, um, what changes are happening and, you know, what, like whether it's like uh, social media platforms or email marketing or SEO 
and so on. And that may even just mean like, you know, following like a social media consultant or on like LinkedIn or Instagram um, or just attending online webinars. Like there's a ton out there. And I think when I first started uh, the weekend quarter and I had a bit more time at hand, I definitely sort of kept my eye out on, you know, things like that. Um, or like, I think there was like a Facebook sort of like marketing event out in Brooklyn. And that was a lot of fun. And even though like with those kind of events or webinars, they do try to push a product on you, um, you can take a little bit of those like tidbits out of it and you can apply it to your business. And that comes in really handy for sure. Just kind of like mining for little nuggets everywhere, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which and is like the basis of business owning. Yeah, like constantly. Yeah. <laughs> am I yeah. actually scrolling Instagram or am I just, I'm looking yeah. for future audio clips to use. Yeah, it's always, yeah. Like I think a lot of the times you kind of just need to take it with a grain of salt, but then kind of then interpret it in your way and see how you can really apply it to your own business is yeah, what I'm trying to say. So yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So you just said something about the podcast. So tell us a little bit about that, about yours and Amanda's podcast. It's called Quilt Buzz. Yeah. So I co-host a podcast called Quilt Buzz with Amanda. She's from Broadcloth Studio. And um, so yeah, every other week we release a new episode for like 30 to 40 minutes um, each episode um, with a different guest from the quilting community. And in each episode, we just dive deep into their stories, their quilting journey, pitfalls, successes, and like what drives their creative creativity and inspires them, as well as we get down to the really nitty-gritty stuff and ask if they wear shoes or socks while they sew. <laughs> um, but really, aside from that, you know, we really wanted to just give our guests a platform to share um, what they might not necessarily be able to express in like, say, a few words or maybe pictures or videos on social media. Um, and what really kind of inspired the podcast was really just the friendships that we had made through the years through Instagram. And I'm sure like that's the same with many other people as well. Like they connect through Instagram and it's kind of ironic because, you know, when you, you know, when you're growing up and then your parents tell you like stranger danger, like don't talk to <laughs> weird people and like online. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's for some reason, you know, like we just clicked, we all got along really well. Um, but yeah, like through that, you know, positive experience, you know, we wanted to find another avenue in which we can connect with other people on through on or like just through the quilting Instagram, um, the quilting world. Uh, and it's, you know, another way, not just through like quilt alongs, because there's so many of them and it can get pretty crowded there. Um, but yeah, and I guess also like we just wanted to make with the through the podcast, we just wanted to make other quilters feel connected because quilting can be a pretty isolating craft as well. So yeah. Loners, quilters, no. <laughs> Introverts. We have so many friends, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite part of doing the podcast? Um, favorite part would just be I you know, it just sounds so cheesy, but it's just, it's just me like simply getting to know our guests. Um, mm-hmm. um, I just find so much joy, just like chatting with our guests and just getting to know them. And it just really highlights that the com- community is just so diverse, whether it's like, you know, their skill sets, but also like from their culture as well. Um, and, you know, like I said previously, it's just a lot of like the stories that we hear that, um, that we 
don't hear through just words or photos or videos. Um, and, you know, he, having it on a different sort of uh, medium, like with podcasting, you know, it, it's, you, it doesn't have the same effect when you just hear it in, when you hear it directly from the quarter itself. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you're yeah. doing a great job over there. So keep it up. Why, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so we're going to circle back to those books that I mentioned. Yes. You've published three now. Um, can you tell us about the titles and how they're different from each other? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the three books. So the first book is Urban Quilting. And that was that's more of a kind of like your standard um, book where you'll find like, you know, 10 different quilt patterns and each of them have three different sizes. And the designs are really inspired by my love for urban scapes and just the experiences that come with that. Um, the second book, um, The Quilted Home Handbook. So I took a lot of the learnings through that and um, sort of applied applied those changes and just some of the feedback that I got as well through reviews, which sometimes can be really horrible to go through. Don't read them, Wendy. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, don't read them. It's like, get a bottle of wine. <laughs> and they, they can be really horrible. And it, yeah, it could ruin a whole day, if not a whole week. But um, <laughs> So going back to the second book, um, it was really more about um, creating quilted touches around your home and that was inspired by our 18 month long home renovation um, during the height of COVID-19 and the projects uh, in that book highlight you know quilting is not just for you know or like quilting is not just seen on beds or like thrown on the couch Um, you know it can be integrated in almost part of every part of your home and there's like a variety of projects um, small and big from like throw cushions, table runners, coasters, um, sleeping eye masks, sham cases, bed quilts. And the book also provides instructions on how to convert some of those smaller projects into wall hangings. So essentially the reader is getting like 15 plus quilt patterns in the one book. And um, I intentionally designed all the projects to look cohesive with each other because, again, it's about creating quilted touches around your home um, and it gives the reader more opportunity to really just um, create more than one project. Because, you know, when you buy a book, you want to be able to get your money's worth out out of it and not just make one project, right? You want to be able to create as many as possible. And then the third book is... First words with cute quilted friends. And um, that take is like a completely different turn compared with the first two books. Um, <laughs> so the re- the audience is very different. We have a younger audience this time around. It's a <laughs> it's a children's first words um hardboard cover, a uh, hardboard book, sorry. And um where all the illustrations are done done by foundation paper piecing and then photographed and then it's compiled together to come like to be a really cute book. It's the cutest ever. And no, it makes like the perfect sort of like addition to, you know, like for quilters that are going to be gifting or making a quilt to welcome a new family member. So yeah. It's a fantastic idea. Yeah. And you can grab those three books as well from my online store and you can have them signed as well. So We'll link it yep. in the, the show notes. Um, Put it in the so, show notes. <laughs> so I am I'm really fascinated about um 
younger generations writing books. It's really fascinating to me because mm-hmm. I think growing up, it just was like, oh, that's kind of for other people. That's for older people, you know? So it's yeah, yeah. really incredible watching you write these books. What was the process like for you? Did you have any challenges? Yeah. So um, one word to like kind of sum up the three would be long. <laughs> it's really long was, is the word. Um, and each of the books, you know, took a total of 18 months from signing the dotted line to um, book in hand. So I think a, a lot of the times, like people don't realize that a lot goes into writing a book. Um, that each of them, you know, really presented their own set of challenges. Um, the first one really was the photography. That was the hardest because that took place at the height of um, COVID nineteen, and we did our first photo shoot at one of my friends' apartment, and then a few days later. Um, the city went into lockdown. Um, New York went to lockdown for like a good four to five months. And, um, you know, when things reopened again, like our apartment was still being renovated. Like it was like construction zone everywhere except for our bedroom. And it was kind of weird as well, because like by then, like when things reopened, just you kind of like forget, like, how do I socialize? Like, do I say hi to you? Do, like, it just all became really weird. And yeah, again, like nobody was comfortable, you know, about doing things in person or like allowing you to come to their home, that kind of thing. So um, we did the rest of the photography in my bedroom. And all we did was just like shifted furniture around to make it look like, <laughs> um, you know, maybe it was in the hallway or something or like a mud room. It was, it was a very strange time, but it, it worked out in the end. It did um, work out. <laughs> There's yeah. some of the most, like your books have like the most beautiful photography. Yeah. Well, with book two, it definitely changed and turned around, which was awesome. We definitely had um, more access to, you know, different homes and whatnot, but still it was kind of a strange time because then that was the the new Omicron variant of COVID-19. And again, people were kind of funny about it and that kind of triggered some P- PTSD. And I was like, oh my God, please don't, <laughs> don't cancel on me. I just needed to get the photography done. Um, but, you know, aside from that, like book two, um, page counts were the number one um, problem that, or like not problem, but challenge that we encountered. So there were actually meant to be another three projects for that book. It was more um, around like the kitchen. So like quilted aprons and like hand mitts. And um, I can't remember what was the other one. But anyway, um, they had to be cut out um, uh, to keep the page count to the minimum because, you know, we don't want to pass that cost back onto the consumer um, because pages, you know, weigh a bit and whatnot. (laughs) And and again, like those are things that you don't think about as a consumer, right? Um, So like that, with that being, you know, all those patterns being cut out, you know, there was several months of back and forth and um, with the manuscript changes and then having to change the page layouts. And, you know, every time you make a little change, uh, you kind of become worried, like, is there going to be more mistakes? So um, that was pay- that was book two. Uh, book three's challenge was really, um, I had to really up my procreate and illustrator skills because um, at the time I never created foundation paper piecing templates with a ton of detail, if that makes sense. Um, so like only at the time, I only really knew the basics of Procreate. And then in my mind, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do the templates on 
PowerPoint. <laughs> and, and then I realized quickly, I was like, hey, like you can't really zoom in the document and you can't get precise like angles and whatnot. So I was like, you know what? Like, when you just pay for the program and just get Illustrator. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> oh my God, it's totally worth it. And I do everything on it now. And I was like, damn, why didn't I do this earlier? So it's definitely a game changer for sure. So yes, those are the three challenges for each of the books. <laughs> Love it. So you're saying there's a fourth book with there's the kitchen oven uh, <laughs> of um <laughs> but yeah no the, the, there's no book on the way okay. <laughs> um what would you say your favorite part about the quilting world is um just the people out there again like it sounds so cheesy but like connecting with quilters whether it's at conventions social gatherings or like through social media or like the podcast like I'm always inspired by their creativity and just the unique perspectives that they bring to the table and their skill sets and um and that's you know all of that combined is what makes the community so diverse but really special to be part of. So do you have any upcoming projects you're excited about that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's not a book, right? <laughs> yeah, that was no book. No, I, no I book. promise you, no book. <laughs> no book, I swear. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm currently working on a set of three Valentine's Day foundation paper paste quilt blocks. Um, so it's actually my first, very first Valentine's Day themed project. Um, mm. And I hope to kind of then filter those like quilt blocks into instructions on how to turn that into a baby and throw size quilt and then hopefully some you know fun little other little projects um that kind of branch out from that so um there's that and then uh as a social light you know we're collaborating together um in creating a free quilt along sampler in the new year so um yeah just keep your eyes peeled for that those yeah, upcoming I'm pretty projects excited that. yeah yeah. All right. Final question. What is one way that you hope to leave a mark on this industry? Yeah. So it's just to continue to design, create and share my work um, and my knowledge. And hopefully that will inspire a new generation of quilters that will continue to pass this creative legacy on. So, yeah. Love that. Well, thank you so much for sitting with us and sharing about your beautiful creative life you're just such an inspiration to so many of us. And I have personally loved getting to know you as a socialite and we just love you and we love your podcast and your books oh, are amazing. So thank you so much. Do you thanks. want to share your socials for our listeners where they can oh, find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at the dot weekend quarter on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And then uh, my website is the dash weekendquilter.com and yeah that's it and oh and quilt buzz yes it's oh, quilt buzz. Dot buzz is the um, instagram handle and quiltbuzzpodcast.com is our website for that too so yeah awesome awesome we'll share all the links yep <laughs> thanks wendy thanks Thank so much bye, bye Um, I loved meeting Wendy for the first time. You've known her for a while. Yeah. That was the first time I've put face to a name and got to chat with her. She's a gem. I mean, I just met her for the first time in person, like a couple months ago when we went to Florida. Mm -hmm. But I've been Zoom 
friends with her for a while <laughs> because of the art gallery stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's just so inspiring and honestly one of the hardest workers in this industry. And mm-hmm. it's really cool to see those people succeed because they put in so much time and effort. Oh, yeah. Well, and I was fascinated by the fact that it takes 18 months for a book. I actually didn't really really like I figured it wasn't just like a one week thing, but like 18 months. <laughs> yeah. Type it out on a Word document. Done. Then... <laughs> yeah. It's my jam. And then what? <laughs> so thank you, Wendy, for being with us. Yep. Um, quick touch on merch. We have those up. We, we can't tell you much more. Just yeah. go check it out. Merch is live and popping. It's always your there. Stuff before QuiltCon. Uh-huh. Yep, before QuiltCon for sure. We would love to see you in your logo tees because both of us are going to be there. Yep. I committed to going, so I will be there. Um, we'd love to see the logo tees. And uh, merch helps us keep our podcast going. Yep. And it, just to be totally transparent. Save us! <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then another update on our new Instagram live schedule. There is no schedule. Yeah. So we'll just jump on when we can and feel like it. The lives were getting to be too much to schedule into our lives. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but the technical difficulties. I just think Instagram's going through a phase right now. Yeah. And Awkward teen needs- phase. Yeah. We're going to stay far away and yeah. just let her sort out her things. We'll come back to her when she's an adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you can find us. I'm Ashlyn at Urban Dwell Studio on Instagram and on the internet. Mm-hmm. Lacey, you are Messy Quilt on Instagram and the internet. And our friend Wendy is the Dot Weekend Quilter on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. And her website is the weekendquilter.com. Thread podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Ashlyn Downs and Lacey Messerly. Our sound engineer is Nicholas Downs. Don't forget that we love reading those reviews on Apple Podcasts and that those ratings help other quilters find our community. So consider extending an invitation to someone out in the quiltiverse when you hit those five stars and share what your favorite episode is all about. And if you didn't like it, feel free to write my name in on the ballot this November. And when the results are in, we'll see how many of you really hate me. Bye, Threadheads. <laughs>